This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. I guess you could just consider this year the year of the mess-ups, because Matt Murphy brought up a very good point to me. Why are we using a song that talks about being on a power play when there's three of us and we're talking about five topics? Penalty kill, baby. Technically, we're shorthanded, and we've been shorthanded for about... A month now, but not today, and I'll explain why. Hello, everybody, and welcome to One on One's Five on Three. I, of course, am Anthony Pusick, the founder of this podcast. I'm joined by Matt Murphy, who I've been joined by for what seems to be like four to five weeks. I'm not getting tired of him. I hope you aren't. And, of course, now we have another person joining us today, one of our WFUV recently graduated trainees, Raphael Alia, big hockey fan. Raphael, how how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. I mean, no complaints. Uh, The playoffs have been absolutely Awesome. Yeah, but wait, before we start, you guys hadn't heard that Tom Brady suspended again, Sam Bradford requested a trade in the drafts this week, and we're going to talk about hockey? And no, I'm just kidding. I love hockey, so <laughs> I just figured that's dominating the sports world today. Steph Curry out two weeks with an MCL right, sprain. I forgot that Everything too. taking a backseat to <laughs> yeah. hockey, uh, as it always does typically in uh, in this country. As we know, hockey is the fourth most liked sport, but for me, it's number one. Uh, so this is why I created the podcast. This is why... Uh, we do what we do here. So let's get right down to it. Let's get to the series that have already come to an end. Um, both that were involved with our Metropolitan teams have come to an end. The Devils, of course, did not make the playoffs. Let's start with the Rangers, who I came on the show and said Rangers in seven, but it was my least confident pick. Um, you guys were very generous in saying Penguins in six. I had um, Penguins in seven. You did have Penguins in seven. Only and because David of had the questions about the goaltending, but... And the interesting part about that, Matt, was there was questions with goaltending, but it wasn't really on the Penguin side. It was on the Rangers side with Henrik Lundqvist. If you really want to get technical about it, you could say the defense did not help him out at all uh, in any of the five games that they played. The Rangers were able to squeak one out um, on the road, uh, were unable to win either game at home, and then came back to the Garden um Sorry, and they weren't were in the guard, weren't able to win two at home, and then went back to Pittsburgh, and Game 5 looked a lot like Game 4. Guys, we've seen this Rangers team go very far in the playoffs the last three or four years. It's a different feeling around uh, the city right now that they're not there, and to go down the way they did, two brutal losses uh, to Pittsburgh, just not the way that you thought this team would go out given how good they've played in recent years. Well, yeah, I mentioned the goaltending concerns for the Penguins coming in. You mentioned Lundqvist didn't really perform for the Rangers side, but how about... Not only Matt Murray in the last three games for uh, Pittsburgh, but Jeff Zatkoff had a really good game one. But down the stretch, the last three games, Matt Murray, 21 years old, was absolutely phenomenal for, for Pittsburgh. And his name sort of sounds like mine, Matt Murphy, <laughs> Matt Murray. I had an English professor last semester called me Matt Murray very late in the semester, which was kind of concerning. But, yeah, that dude was, was unbelievable. And the Rangers' big guns just really didn't show up. They scored only 10 goals in the series and the guys that were getting it done, like Zuccarello all year for them, really didn't come to play. And they just got outplayed by one of the hottest teams, the hottest team in the league. Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything. Um, it's just everyone can say the Rangers played poorly, that they didn't live up to expectations. But in the end, I think that that combined with how hot the Penguins were coming in and how well they played. Because you could say the Rangers' defense was terrible, but... The Penguins' forecheck and the way that they dominated when they were in, uh, when they were in their own zone and when they were in the Rangers' zone, they they were just completely dominant. And their power play was fantastic. And, eight, eight oh, for and their power play the was series. fantastic. They were talking about the Capitals' power play this whole series. They were both really good. And, and but 
I mean, the Penguins' power play was outstanding. So as much as we could say that the Rangers, they they did under, they did underperform, but the Penguins, they were just the better team, and it showed in the series. It, it absolutely did, which is why, again, I was hesitant to pick Rangers in seven. It was really more my fandom picking Rangers in seven. I, In my heart of hearts, I probably thought that this team would probably lose to the Penguins in five or six, given how good they played. I just didn't expect the games that I saw in games five and four, because you you saw when the Rangers lost game three, and it was a good game, uh, but it, it, it was really just, you know, again, that power play, just, just changing the outlook of each game. And in game four, you thought the Rangers were going to come out with fire, and really the bottom just fell out, and it was a very, very concerning feeling to watch the Rangers, who hadn't, who hadn't scored an even-strength goal at home in the playoffs since Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa. Uh, now that's with Ben Bishop, but now you're talking about Matt Murray playing those two games. Just no goals for the Rangers, uh, even-strength, at home. And the only goal they scored was that Rick Nash goal, shorthanded, in that Game 3. That was really the goal that, all right, well, they got up. Now that's a good, they have a good chance to, to come back to, to win this game and, and steal back a game that they really desperately need. And it just didn't happen for them. And it's it's concerning. You heard Henrik Lundqvist's comments after the game. I wasn't prepared for these last two games. Also calling out his forwards a little bit, saying the amount of chances I, that I was get, I was seeing, not many goalies could stop those in so many words. Um, just a deflated feeling around the Rangers' locker room. And you have to think that this might be the wake-up call that everyone keeps talking about this core, this window. Is the window finally closing for this Rangers hockey club? I think the defensive situation is pretty concerning. They have a lot of money on the books for next year, I believe. Um, and for years to come. Yeah, so it really just comes down to, in the playoffs, special teams and goaltending. And Henrik Lundqvist, good on him for taking some of, most of the ownership for it. You did say that he mentioned the forward play at times. But, you know, in the playoffs, if, if you're going to allow eight power play goals against and not do too hot on your own power play as, and, and your stud goaltender does not perform, he gets outperformed by a 21-year-old kid, even on home ice, Matt Murray only gave up the shorthanded goal to Rick Nash at MSG over two games. He had four, gave up four goals on 89 shots in the last three games of the series, so he played phenomenal. And goaltending and special teams were the key, and they are they were in most of the series so far that have concluded. Well, this is just simply a rock and hard place kind of scenario because you have Lundqvist, Girardi, Nash, Klein, Mark Stahl, all 30, 30 or up. You got Keith Yandel now, who's his contract is going to be up. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Now he was fourth uh, in points for the team. So who re- who comes in and replaces him? You have Dan Boyle, whose uh, word on the street is might retire Probably come the going end of the to season. Retire. So who who replaces him? And then you have you, but you say okay, we could get some cap room, right? If we trade away our big guys, like we trade away maybe a Nash, we trade away Zuccarello. But then these are your leading scores. Who replaces the Brazard, the Zuccarello, the Nash? So you're you're really caught with a rock and a hard place, and you haven't had a first round pick since 2012, I believe. Yeah, and you just got rid of uh, another pick for Eric Stahl, and that really did absolutely nothing to help the cause. So no, it didn't. It's it's terrible the, going into the next season. This in my is opinion. this was, and you're right, Raphael. This is the problem that the Rangers had because when they were playing well, and then Larry Brooks put this in a, in a column today. When Eric Stahl was traded for, the Rangers were one of the hottest, were, were were one of the better teams in hockey. They had a shot at this series. There wasn't this defensive collapse that they they started to see over the course of the year when this was happening. But you mentioned those players that are a little older. 
Rick Nash is on a no-move clause. Mark Stahl is on a no-move clause. Dan Girardi is on a no-move clause. And Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl combined make over $11 million on this Rangers payroll. And they have been some of the guys criticized the most by beat writers, by fans. They're not necessarily going anywhere, and they might not have a chance to go anywhere. Yeah, they're stuck with them. And you talk about Keith Yandel, arguably one of the better Rangers defensemen all season, particularly on the power play, particularly scoring points for this team. He's going to want five to six million dollars, or even garner that on the market. And if the money's right, he's probably going to go. I know that Players Tribune article spoke highly of him, showed how much he loves New York, but the money might not be there for him as a result of that. And if you want to go one step further, I think this is a little bit ridiculous. But you say Henrik Lundqvist makes eight point five million dollars, but given the way the way where his contract was and the way they were playing around him at that time, they needed to give him that money, or he would have went elsewhere because he would have could have just said, "My team's not scoring for me." I want to want, try and win a cup. And Henrik Lundqvist, getting older, back of his mind, he has to think, how many more years can I stay this good, be this be this goalie, and possibly win a Stanley Cup? It's going to be interesting to see what the New York Rangers do. The New York Islanders are heading down to Tampa Bay. And Matt, we talked about the collapse that they had at the end of the season. We talked about how the Panthers were a better matchup than the Penguins for whoever would play them. I don't know if there would have been a different scenario if the Rangers were playing Florida and the Islanders would have played the Penguins, but it certainly seemed like the Islanders got the better end of that draw, mainly because they've just advanced in a in a series 4-2. to They had three overtime games, which they won, John Tavares being a big part of it, obviously, last night, Bedlam in Brooklyn, as they're calling it, and they got outplayed for 85% of the series? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good assessment of what went down, and I think it definitely would have been different if the Rangers had drawn the Panthers. It was two different ends of the spectrum. You get the hottest team and the Penguins. Now this Panthers team did play well for most of the of the games, but how about the Islanders? The question marks coming in really answered the bell, especially Thomas Grice in net. He had a really phenomenal series, and he only had one playoff game of experience coming in. That was one of my concerns. That's why I picked the Panthers. That was a major reason. And also, I thought the Islanders' offense can be inconsistent at times and that it rests on Tavares' shoulders. But luckily, he was able to carry them, especially last night, to score the game-tying and game-winning goals in that really exciting finish. Uh, every time you that question was asked before the playoffs, uh, for that entire week before the playoffs, what uh, is it better that the Rangers just lose out, take the, take the wild card, and just go against the Panthers? And there were back and forth, you know, you don't want to pick your opponent or else that's going to be the team that loses uh, or that beats you. But let's just put it down to it. I mean, the Penguins were one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs. They they were a great team. They're a better team than the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers uh, were cooling down towards the end. It was clearly the better matchup. So whether or not we could say the Rangers were better off or worse off, the numbers just say, yes, the Rangers would have been better off had they have played the Panthers. It it's just that's what the numbers say. And the inexperience of that Panthers team, not necessarily just inexperience. I mean, Yarmir Yager has more playoff experience than anybody on that team combined. Yeah. But it's the inexperience of those young guys because you saw the older guys like Sean Thornton, Yarmir Yager. They couldn't, they didn't have the wheels. And then you had so many overtime games, double overtime games. Yeah. Those guys were basically non factors. And you and got need some, your young guys to ste- step up in those types of games. Huberto and, and, and Riley those Smith type cooled of guys. down. And yeah. Riley Smith, the, the hero of those first two games for the Florida Panthers, he cooled down. So you take a look at it and you say, yeah, the Florida Panthers did a very good job staying in games with the Islanders, but a veteran team might have been able to put them away. The Islanders hung around despite a couple of games where people said they weren't the better team. They just stuck there and held their ground and were able to pull, pull away. And that's what got them to the second round. 
it was great playoff hockey. It was one of the best, if not the best series. I, I'm sure we're going to get into the, the Blues-Blackhawks game That's 7 awesome. tonight. That's a great series. But Thomas Grice, 179 goals against, 944 save percentage. Big reason why the Islanders won their first playoff series since 93. Absolutely, and I guess we have to we have to go to this, guys. I mean, we thought I thought not we. I'll I'll say me. I thought this Tampa Bay Detroit series, and Matt, you had dark horse Red Wings going. <laughs> well, what, what are you talking farther. about? <laughs> little little farther than expected in the in the playoffs. It's fine. I have two conference finals teams gone: the Panthers and the Kings. So let's not talk about brackets. My bracket is in no in in not in good shape. But you had the Red Wings going far. They lost in five to this Lightning team, who no Stamkos, no Strawman, no problem. We're able to, on will alone with Kucherov and Johnson, really do a very good job of handling this Red Wings team. I have a feeling that the Islanders can beat this Lightning team, but if they let the Lightning run the way the Panthers did all around them, Johnson, Kucherov, these guys are going to find ways to score. And they're going to have games where Grice will have to stop 50 of, 55, uh, 50 of 52 shots, I should say, in order to win. So I'll ask you guys, Raphael, we'll start with you. Who do you have, Islanders or Lightning? I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, not only do I—they're coming off a series where they just played phenomenal, and they're missing guys. I didn't see that as a problem against the Red Wings, and I'm not going to see it as a problem against the Islanders. The Islanders are coming off two straight double overtime wins, wins, but two straight double Tiring. overtime double finishes. Overtime and this is, again, as you said, three overtime. They're, they're tired. And you have a team coming off winning a series 4-1, uh, more rest. It's just that's going to be the main factor. I, I think the Lightning take it. Matt. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that assessment. That's pretty fair because the Lightning did take care of business, and I'll, I'll be the first to say I was I was wrong about that. I got to give props to Tampa Bay for overcoming the depth the depth concerns that I had with them with the Strawman injury with the Stamkos injury. Jonathan Drew, and after all the drama of this season, played pretty well in the series. Four points. Matt Carl played well on defense. They everyone else picked it up, and then. The Kalorin Johnson Kucherov line had ten of the Lightning's twelve goals in the series. Kucherov is just a very, very strong player, and I think in net Ben Bishop, on paper, better goalie than Thomas Grice, even though Grice is pretty hot right now. I agree, and I, for me, I'm gonna say I'm gonna. You know what? No, I'm gonna say Islanders in seven. I'm gonna say Islanders in seven. A to make Matt Morrow happy. B. I think that this team has shown in these three overtime games, as you guys mentioned, that they do have resiliency. And they realized that they realized that they can't play the way they did against the Panthers and win. Does that mean they're going to change it? I don't know. Is it going to take a really big blowout loss to the Lightning for them to realize we have to bunker down because we can't have 85% of the play be in the offensive zone? That second overtime, not this game, but the game previously, the Panthers spent the entire time in the Islander zone. And it just took one fluky Alan Quine slap shot from the point to end that game. And can they do that against the Lightning? No, I don't think they can. Because they have, they may have young guys, but they have experienced finishers. And guys who have been in the playoffs. Johnson, Kucherov, Palat. These guys know how to take care of business. Thomas Grice playing very, very well. Ben Bishop, obviously the better goalie. I'll say Islanders in seven, but I, if it's going to go seven, it could go either way. The roles are kind of reversed now. So going into the first round... You had the Islanders going up against the Panthers, who were the favorable matchup between who you who do you want, the Panthers or the Penguins? And the Panthers were the favorable matchup for the Islanders. The Lightning were just overlooked. Everyone's saying, oh, they're so injured, they're so injured. So you can look at their resiliency, too, heading into this series. Absolutely. You certainly can. Um, and then let's, let's go to that other. Um, before we jump into the two games tonight, let's just jump into that other Eastern Conference. This is going to be a quick 
um, just prediction of that because we already talked about the Rangers. The Penguins obviously dominated, let's say, those five games, even though they lost one. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. Matt Murphy wasn't necessarily pleasantly surprised, but I was pleasantly surprised that after that debacle in Game 3 that the Flyers had, that they were able to come out and steal, not steal, win, win two games against the Washington Capitals, only to eventually fall in that sixth game. But Matt, as a Flyers fan, you have to be impressed with what they did in games four and five. They really weren't even supposed to be here at this point. They're a young <laughs> team going up against the President's Trophy winning Capitals. And they, one of their two wins in the series, they got outshot 44-11 to 11 and won the game. So that was just, it was sort of, the fans gave them a, a round of applause on home ice after they lost the series. They I weren't expected to beat the Caps. But the reason the Flyers lost, the reasons rather, were pretty similar to the Rangers, one of them being their big guns just didn't come to play. Claude Giroux, Wayne Simmons didn't score a goal in the series, and Sean Couturier getting hurt in the first game and being out for the series really hurt them as a guy that plays really good both ways, especially on Alex Ovechkin, and the the power play for Washington was unbelievable, just like Pittsburgh's power play, so that's going to be a really good series. I'm excited for the Ovechkin-Crosby matchup that we had seven years ago in in the 2009 playoffs where Crosby and Ovechkin both had eight goals. Crosby had five assists and Ovechkin six assists, and that was a seven-game series. So it should be pretty exciting in the second round between Pittsburgh and Washington. Raphael, who do you have in that series? Do you have the Ovechkins moving on, or do you have Crosby and his boys advancing into that Eastern Conference Final against whoever that may be? No, I I have Washington moving on. I think they've proven this year that they're not the Washington Capitals team of old. They... We, we say that they can't, you know, they have had trouble winning in the playoffs. I mean, that's just, you could, the Blues, same thing. We're going to talk about them later. <laughs> yes, we are. Like, that's going to be the highlight with them, I'm sure, as well. But the Capitals just coming out, and even in the series we just saw them play, they played outstanding. They, what was it, one goal through three games or two? Yeah. So it was so as much as I respect the Flyers for coming back, and I don't want to insult the man to my right. No, it's because fine. I, I think mean, they I think they played outstanding. Because to come back from three nothing, like I can't imagine how demoralized the three nothing series must feel. So to be able to fight back and win yeah, two straight games, yeah, they've done it before. They did it most recently, twenty ten against Boston. So the Flyers, like the Penguins, were very hot coming into the playoffs. But they're a team that's built for the future. They have a ton of good defense prospects coming up in if not next year, the year after that. So the future's bright for Philly. But, yeah, Washington going into this matchup with Pittsburgh, Braden Holtby is just a phenomenal goaltender yes. and much more experienced than these mm-hmm. Penguins goalies. Yeah, no, absolutely. So hats off to the Flyers. But uh, the Capitals, I think they're going to advance, but I think they're going to advance in six mm-hmm. because Pittsburgh, they played outstanding hockey as well. It's going to be so much fun to watch these guys on the power play because, again, I think it was eight goals and eight goals, I think, is how it finished. So... It's going to be outstanding to watch. I think it's going to. I don't think it'll stretch the distance, but I think six games. I'll say Caps in seven. Um, I just, I feel like I want to see how the Penguins play against the defense. Um, I want to see what will happen when a, when a defense is able to stop those front door, uh, on the doorstep goals that the Rangers kind of missed. Um, Braden Holpe has obviously been locked in all season. He tied Marty Brodeur's record for most wins in a season. Um, in NHL history this year, and I'd love, and of course the Ovechkin Crosby, they put it on a poster, put it everywhere. You know it's gonna be, it's gonna be the biggest thing talked about probably in the second round, unless the Chicago Blackhawks come back from this three-one deficit and defeat the St. Louis Blues. Because Matt, we were talking about it. We talked about all the deficits that were amassed against the teams that we had last Monday. We were talking about the Ducks. Could they come back? We were talking about the Kings. Could they come back? Sharks completely changed the narrative, by the way. 
Because the San Jose Sharks were the team that always lost to the LA Kings, always collapsed against the LA Kings, completely changed the narrative this year. Yeah, I think we were pretty content with saying, oh, the Kings aren't out of it yet, and yes, the Ducks might be unfortunately out of it, and those actually switched. The Ducks are now up 3-2, heading into Game 6 tonight in Nashville, and the Sharks took care of business and finished out that series by winning at 4-1. Joe Pavelski played phenomenal, but... Yeah, that Chicago game tonight is going to be unbelievable. It it, it will, and it, it just goes to show again. I mean, you talk about, again, we talked about changing narratives. The Penguins essentially changed the narrative against the Rangers. The last two seasons bumped them out of the playoffs. The San Jose Sharks, known for that 3 nothing collapse against the Kings, not, got knocked out in the semifinals in 2012 by the Kings, went on to win the Cup. This year, silenced the haters, beat their state rival Los Angeles Kings, the Ducks. First-round chokers, always early exits. Win two games, win a third game. Are they going to change the narrative and beat Nashville? We'll see. Blackhawks, doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter who it is. Patrick Kane scores an overtime goal, and the momentum shifts back to Chicago. That was an unbelievable goal. It was inc- Patrick Kane is defying the laws of playoff hockey, as far as I'm concerned, because he just plays absolutely incredible at the exact time he needs to. He was quiet that entire game. Yeah, he said afterwards, didn't feel like he had a very good game, and he's no. like, hey, it's the second <laughs> overtime. i still got legs left. Let me just get through the entire just defense and score. every single blue that was on the ice and then wrap around. And then get the shot. Not only not, He didn't even have to wrap around with the puck. The puck just was there, and he wrapped around in enough time to get to it. Do we know how this game's going to end tonight? Do we know that we're going to see Chicago beat the St. Louis Blues? Uh, I don't think you, I don't think a psychic could know because <laughs> this is probably one of the most exciting game is gonna be probably one of the most exciting games that we've seen so far because it's just they they are so evenly matched and you have you have Chicago winning two in a row coming out after St Louis won two in a row it it's unbelievable I was talking to a friend who lives up in Missouri so he uh, so he knows it very well up there because they they know that St. Louis when you get to the playoffs you lose that's you just, lose that's the tradition <laughs> to put it blunt, you know that right? exactly that's the tradition so he said that there's really a feeling of backs up against the wall for the entire uh, managing staff up there because oh, absolutely. you you know you can't go you can't do this every year be one of the best teams in the ho- National Hockey League during the regular season and then lose in the first round of the playoffs it's just not good for coaching. I think they come at home, and I think they win it. Wow. Okay, Matt, what do you got? Do I, you have the Blackhawks going and keeping the narrative going for them? Yeah, I think Chicago is going <laughs> to win it because if you just hear these guys talk pregame, postgame, whatever it be, throughout the playoffs, they, they're never phased by any type of pressure, even before game six. they And now the Blues coming off two disappointing losses in the last two times out. I just think Jonathan Taves hasn't even scored a goal yet in the series, and here they are in game seven. The Blues have been relying a little bit too much on Tarasenko, even though he's been great. Other guys need to step up in place of him. St. Louis just 2-5 and five in playoff game 7 since 1990 when they lost to, to the Blackhawks 8-2 to two in Chicago. This time it's in St. Louis. But I think that, I mean, whoever scores first is probably going to have the momentum. According to NHL Public Relations, the team that scores first, 119-42 and 42 all-time in game 7s. Wow. So that's, that's going to be, the first goal is going to be big, but I think... The Blackhawks are, are the Blackhawks, and they never seem to be phased. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, look look for Taves to score a goal tonight. That's exactly what I was going to say. You have to look at, at Captain Clutch. I know John Tavares has been called Captain Clutch, but that's one series. Jonathan Taves has done it multiple series, multiple years, and even when he's had a bad series, he finds a way to be, have that one goal that matters the most. I think you do see Jonathan Taves make that make that move tonight whether it's a beautiful pass to somebody or an, or or a goal on his own the blues called him a time bomb just waiting 
Yeah, off, so. and you know what? Even the Blues, you have to say, you have to give them credit. They're not getting phased by all this talk of choking and 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 whatnot. But you saw Vlad Tarasenko put up his hand to to Coach Hitchcock. I, they're starting. You're starting to see some frustration out of this Blues team because they're thinking every year same old thing. And I do think you're right, Raphael. If they do lose, there will be some major management changes the next year. Because Anthony, you surprised that uh, they're sticking with Brian Elliott in net rather than going to Jake Allen? I'm not because. If not for Brian Elliott in those first two games, they probably would have already lost this series. I agree. I think because if you throw Jake Allen into a game seven, that's no. pretty rough. Yeah, but you. Can't there was some conversation about that. I, I and I think it's interesting. I, I think that they would kick themselves more if they lost that game with Jake Allen in net. If they lose with Brian Elliott, they know we stuck to our guns because years in years previous, as you know, when Yaroslav Halak used to be back there, now the Islanders' backup goaltender, as far as I'm concerned, um, there was a lot of turmoil between do we start Jake Allen do we start Yaroslav Halak he lost let's move to the next one up oh, he lost we're gonna go back you can't have that turmoil in the playoffs in my opinion I think it worked well for the Flyers I think it worked well for the Penguins who didn't even need a goalie change um and I think it worked well for the Red Wings who were able to steal a game based on Peter Mrazek's play um but yeah I have Chicago um in that series and that that leaves one more that leaves one more series we have to talk about that duck series and I said I and like you said Matt we both agreed the Kings had a much better chance than the Ducks of coming back because they were the Kings and they were the Ducks. The Ducks looked incredible in Game 3, in Game 4, and Game 5. I mean, this team was completely different from that team that got ousted in two games in, in California by Nashville. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. The way they were able to bounce back made the goalie change. Frederick Anderson, another goalie change in these playoffs. It's been incredible to see how many goalie changes they have, but this one worked. This one definitely worked, and we said Pecorine is great, but he can't do it all. And you're starting to see that unless, even if Pecorine gives up two goals, the Predators can still lose games, and that's the problem. So, for this question, do we see not even who's going to win the series? Do we see a game seven, or is it over tonight in Nashville? I'm going to say it's over tonight with the Ducks taking care of business on the road. I think that they really want to make a statement tonight, on even though it's in Nashville. If they win the series, it'll be the first time that they've won a playoff series in which they did go down 2 nothing to start the series. And they're doing it. Corey Perry, a.k.a. Scory Perry, doesn't even have a goal in the series. No. So that's pretty surprising. He's another guy like Taves. Maybe he gets on the board tonight and the Ducks go through the next round. They just have more experience, more, more star power overall. Guys like Philip Forsberg, they're on their way up for Nashville. But I think, give me the Ducks tonight. Well, this was one of uh, topics of discussion among me and my friends because... I said that this was going to be similar to the Capitals because I saw that this Anaheim team, they just looked they looked really good. And I just looking at their roster, I thought that they were a really good team coming in. So I had them winning. Now they were down one nothing. I said they're still going to win. Down 2 nothing. I started to doubt myself, but I was like, you know what? I still think they could win. My friends were all like, oh, no, you're crazy. Got to 2-1. to one. You saw the way they played in that game three. Oh, incredible. And that... That just that solidified my opinion. I was like, guys, watch it. It's gonna. They're just gonna win, and that's what I think they're gonna do tonight. They're just gonna win. It it, it came down to the Ducks were so complete that they couldn't possibly lose a series in five games just because of how good they were. Then you started to see the penalty. The penalty kill has been great all series long. That hasn't been a con, but the power play. And then you started seeing Frederick Anderson, the defense, step up against this against this Predators team. And now they're scoring goals. And now that they're scoring goals, which is their biggest problem, I don't see them getting getting stopped. I'd like to say Nashville won't lose this on home ice just for the sake of just hockey fandom alone. You don't want to see your team lose on home ice. I think the Ducks have this one. Um, 
And it's interesting because you take a look at the other two teams that advanced. The Sharks, as we said, handled the Kings, and the Stars had a little bit of trouble. But when that offense gets going, I mean, that they are, they are tough teams uh, to beat. So I guess out of the last question we'll do, because we don't really have a lot of time to summarize those two series, but really we kind of had the opinion, Raphael, that the Stars were going to take care of business against the Wild probably earlier than we thought. Um, didn't happen, happened in six games, and I had the Kings. I don't know if Matt had the Kings. I think he might have. I had the Kings, but then I had the Ducks beating them. You had the du- you had the yeah. Ducks beating them. Um, who out of the Sharks and the Stars has a better chance of advancing to the Western Conference Finals? Obviously on opposite sides of the bracket, so it really comes down to who they're playing. Uh, I'm going to say the Stars, but I don't feel as good about it as I did at the start of their series. You had them against... going to the Cup. Yes. I, be, playing Washington, I don't know. I, that was sort of a... <laughs> Weird pick of mine, but I, I was so caught up about the Flyers starting their series with Washington, I was trying to put the jinx on the Capitals. But anyway, the <laughs> Stars, they started off this series against Minnesota really well, and Kyrie Lettinen was really, really solid in net. But I'm a little concerned that they gave up nine goals combined between games five and six and four in, ga- in yes. the third period of, of yesterday's game, even though they held on to win. But Tyler Sagan only played one game in the series, so you throw him onto the fire with Jamie Benn, who leads all playoff scores and points with ten. If the, goal ca- if the goaltending can just hold up, I'm feeling better about them than I am w- about the Sharks, whoever they play. Okay, and Raphael, who do you got? Well, I'm, I'm just going to say that I don't think that was crazy at all because I agree with you. I thought the Stars were one of the better teams. They're a little bit overlooked all. because everyone I, says I they can just 100%. play offense. No, they, they have a very solid team. They were one of my favorites coming in. I don't know if I had them going to the Cup, but they, but they are definitely a solid team. They're going to be my favorites going in. I think they're going to put it together because they did. They you can't, you can't take control of a game and then lose it the way they did, and I think that's credit as well to Nashville. But I think that that all goes away. Uh, I think they they have a better chance. I'm going to say the Sharks, and this is a really weird pick for me because I am of the belief, as everyone knows from my previous times making predictions on this show, I think the Stars are uh, the Sharks. I should say are one of those perennial. Choking teams, they choke on the little piece of the stick that the, the shark eats, all that fun gift stuff that they do with that. Uh, this year is a little different. They beat the Kings, and that, I think, is the confidence boost that that team needs to say, we got through the hardest part of our schedule as far as we're concerned. We can beat anybody. I know the Ducks, if they win tonight, are going to be red hot because that's four straight wins, and they look great. I think it's going to be a good series. My problem is I think that Chicago's going to win against the Blues, and I think that Chicago will then beat the Dallas Stars because they're the Chicago Blackhawks, because I have them winning the Cup. Just so, like the Kings were supposed to beat the Sharks because they're the LA Kings, right? David Ballard called <laughs> me very boring for picking the Western Conference Final to be the Blackhawks and the Kings. I would be more than happy to say I'd be wrong because, I don't, A, I don't have any money on this. B, I would love to just see some different teams in the West. I mean, seeing the Islanders in the East Conference Finals, Matt Morrow might need to be checked out by like <laughs> he was very medical. excited today when i saw him I mean, in his islanders jersey if, if they go to the eastern conference finals we're gonna have to keep matt morrow on watch because from the mets to the islanders this kid might have a heart attack it's a great year uh, but the blue and orange have been very good for new york except for that team that also plays at the garden i think that we're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what happens i really am only picking the fact that i think the sharks have a better chance because i want my prediction to be right of the blackhawks going to the cup because my bracket is in shambles um so I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm a little concerned about a letdown from the Sharks. I think that I, I think so with too. LA, it's, it's kind of a kind of a rivalry type deal. I know another California team probably awaits them with Anaheim if if we think they could take care of business tonight or in Game Seven. 
But yeah, the Sharks really showed they're for real in that in that win over LA. So me and Matt already, as you guys know, gave our brackets. Um, Raphael, we're not going to make you go through your entire bracket, but who did you have originally? Western Conference Western Conference champion, Eastern Conference champion, Stanley Cup winner. Well, I had uh, I had the Capitals going. Okay. And I had the Blackhawks going because again, I just didn't see anyone knocking them out because they're the Blackhawks. As much as we could say that, yeah, they're the Blackhawks. But I do have the Capitals uh, winning. Now, I would have loved to say that the Rangers advanced past Pittsburgh and they took on the Capitals and they pulled off whatever the Rangers do. But when I'm being serious as a hockey fan and not a Rangers fan, uh, yeah, the Capitals, I think, just have the best team all in all throughout the National Hockey League. At least we all have our Stanley Cup winners still intact. But... That could all change by next Monday. Again, we 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 left we left the show saying that the Ducks were done, that the Kings were going to come back, and who knows what we're going to see. So it's the opposite. Of out of the, whatever we said. Out of these two games tonight, opposite of whatever we say. Why are you even listening? Thanks for listening, though, and I hope you listen next week. This has been one on one's five on three from WFUV Sports. Join us next week as we take you around the world of hockey. We'll see you then.